Being with the Good Ready Kicker for Podcast Joel. Welcome to Story Mode, a video game podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and tonight I'm joined by two beautiful lads coming straight out of my womb. I was going to imply wow. that I gave you birth to you both, and I've been playing a lot of Scorn, guys. It's, it's, it's having a yeah, really you have. I love Scorn, and it really messed me up. Uh, Kyra Morrison, John McDonald, I apologize. How are we doing? You're forgiving. Yeah. I, I accept your apology. I was doing okay until I was <laughs> birthed. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot to process at this time of the night. Honestly, the game's fucked me up. Everything is <laughs> everything is bits. But it's scorn. It's it's big, it, it is a big lump of knobs. <laughs> and I tell you what. I tell you what. You heard it here first. That game has the juice. <laughs> too much. Too much. Some would say. Oh. It's a lot of juice. Oh. The juice game. aside, though. How are we doing? I'm good. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, no, no, no need to elaborate. We'll wrap it up there. So, thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, the only yeah, thing I was going to say is like, I miss packs. That's really the only thought yeah. I've got right now. I'm, I'm back so at tired. work now, so it's the brutal yeah. reality of doing a job, and that sucks. That shit's overrated, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like it's a, it's it's been like a, a somewhat good weekend in terms of like getting to watch a kind of funny launched their new studio and I've been like when I've just got time and I have like want to have some something on in the background on YouTube I've just had that stream going just like watching bits and pieces of it and it's just absolute beautiful chaos and I love it See, so much like when we have our little like business meetings ooh la la often I will I'll come up with an idea and be like I'm just I'm just still that kind of funny aren't I yeah so we're gonna have to steal this idea guys we're gonna buy ourselves like a warehouse mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, we're gonna cool. do it up. Yeah. All right, it's gonna be great until okay. the police come and target uh, us. He's got video. Like Tim's got video walls and a video floor. Let's do a video camera. Hear him out. Oh, Wait. Fuck. Hear Here him out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come on, come on, dog. Commit to the bit. I, mm, a video door. A video store. We'll open up a blockbuster. Uh, a video door, but store. Yeah. A video okay, door. Okay. Door. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I guess you can't because yeah, they've got they've got what the floor and the wall. Easy eyes have like a video window, so we yep. got to do door. I guess yep, doors yeah, doors the next natural progression. You, you have a new video or ceiling video stream. Ceiling. You got new. Yeah, I guess we, we, we all got new new gear. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of video, I guess Karen's looking beautiful with his new camera. Ooh. You know, for those listening to the podcast, we're available on Spotify and iTunes. You can actually hear me, and I apologize for that. <laughs> and Joel. May you if you if you're watching us on twitch.tv forward slash storm at AUS, you may see him look slightly to the side. That's because he has two screens to look at now. He can get distracted. Welcome to the kind of funny stream in the other. Yeah, I, I got this I got shit going on. I got chat chat over here. I got fucking I got my uh I got Audacity. I can actually look at Audacity now while I'm while I'm recording, which is I'm not flying blind anymore, which is lovely. So I'm gonna make the most First world nerd piece of shit problem complaint right now. I have two monitors, but they're too big. My must be nice. (laughs) I have a twin like monitor arm and it it can't hold them both side by side properly. So I've got (laughs) one vertical. Yeah. And it's it's I gotta say I I gotta say I bought because I bought the same one that Kyron's got, like for a secondary monitor, and it's I bought it with the intent of it being solely a vertical monitor. And I like this setup. I like having, like, I, I have like a and I play D&D with some friends and I'm looking forward to like, we do like online and in-person stuff, but 
I'm looking forward to our next online one and being able to have my character sheet, our maps, and anything else I need so, over here. So he, it's going to be good. Here's the problem I have now, though, right? Now that I've got two monitors, I'm like, but what if I had a third monitor? <laughs> oh, Kyle's going big. Like, no, at one point while working from home, I had two monitors, my tablet and my laptop going. Oh, oh. And I felt like a very depressed Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a that's fair. But I guess that's for work, right? But for fun, for leisure. Look, one of the one of the screens was for work. My work laptop was. Everything else I had like story mode shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> Which is work, I guess. Exactly. Once that's we get it. an ABN, can we officially start calling this work? Yeah. Sure. Can we also yeah. write off the third monitor as a tax as a tax cut? <laughs> Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm going to try and find the positives here. Can you remind me to make a little logo that says the third monitor in the same way as the spare bedroom? <laughs> the, third <laughs> mo- <laughs> make third, the third monitor stickers. The That'd be fine. That's stealing the their design. Monitor. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Lads, we're all, I can tell we're also wrecked from last weekend because we were at PAX Australia 2022. Um, Joel, Karen, myself, Felix, and Simon all got to hang out together. Those two coming from wherever the fuck they come from. The lands of scorn. Um, mm-hmm. It was good. We actually got all together. We did a our first live in-person show at Wrecked Studios. You can guys check that video out at our new YouTube channel, Storyboard Gaming. I don't know. How do you how do you how do you plug a YouTube channel? I don't know how to do that. Look yeah. at Storm Road Gaming, I guess. It, it, what's, what's the, you may find a few other channels called Storm Road Gaming. Just scroll past them. Don't worry about them. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't go there. Yeah, we don't want to go those. Look for our logo. Look for the campfire, okay? It's like it's like the fireflies. Um, you can go check that out there. You can also check out the show we did from the PAX show floor for uh, in the Audio Technica booth. The beautiful Audio Technica booth. I miss it every day. I uh, think about it. I still think show. about it. There, we talked about Battle Royale games and came up with... Guys, I listened back to the episode. The game we came up with was pretty legit. I get... Kickstarter. Let's go Kickstarter. I can't make a game, but... (laughs) I I can't make it, but we sure can talk about it. I mean, I mean, fucking... Is it Fresh and Laserbeam? I like helping make a game. I played a little bit of it last night and it's okay. It wasn't for me, but yeah. It's a game called World Our game would be... Yeah, it would be. I'd be down to play that. Carl Urban Chaos. Let's go. Carl I'm, Urban Chaos. I'm already promoting it. Chaos. Just don't abbreviate it. Just don't abbreviate it. Don't I'm, do it. Yeah. I'm don't already... Turn, uh, don't turn it into an acronym. I'm... Um, yeah, I'm going to get Carl out Urban now, Mania. Like the, the Bureau of Me- Meteorology. And um, just yeah, don't abbreviate it. What, is, what do they want to be called now? Just the Bureau? The Bureau? That's, that's, that's like, ominous. Like, it's that's a Bureau. Super is, ominous. It's got ominous tones to it. That's got, that's got if they, control If they vibes. become the Bureau, do you think their reign of terror will begin? Oh, boy. That joke doesn't work very well audibly, but written down, fuck, side splitter. Okay? Stor- stormy weather ahead. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, I have no sun. Get it? <laughs> like, like the sun. Yeah. Um, yep. Guys, is it, is it out of a system now? We all good? We <laughs> yeah. Look, we had we had to talk about. I'm not gonna lie. Talk- I, was, I was still trying to think of some more, but it's fine. It's it's a video game podcast. We had to talk about the Bureau of Meteorology. Okay, just them of course, the breaks. Unavoidable, you isn't, know those guys. Well, no, no. Isn't the bureau like in control? That's what that's. Yeah, there's a bureau of control. Of that's, control. That's the bureau, yeah. federal bureau of control. So 
That's what I think of. Gun control? Gun control. Gun control. Yeah. Beautiful segues. Let's talk about packs, though. Just from the top, give me your war stories. We we had a time. You guys, we met up a few times. I think we were all in a, in a sense of chaos. It was a bit of a weird pack. So it was the first packs back in, what, two, three years? Because of, mm. I don't know, there was something happened. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was like this little um, pandemic or something. Yeah. Ah, never no. heard of it. It's never heard of it. Probably gone nothing. now, just, right? Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> inclement weather. Um, <laughs> what did we think? Because it was different. I mean, yeah, it was different. I think that was the general consensus from talking to a lot of people that that we spoke to. Like anyone you'd speak to was just like that had been to PAX before as well was like, yeah, it's good to be back, but it's not quite there yet, but it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't – I don't think it was a negative experience at, by any means. Um, it was just it, – yeah, I don't know. It just – it felt different. I don't know whether it was just because I ha- we haven't done it for a while and it just felt strange or whether there were some glaring omissions from the, the show floor, but, yeah. So that's where it becomes weird for me and, like – and I have no, I bear no grudges. I bear no grudges. I liked my time at PAX. But the reason it felt weird for me is at most other PAXs, like each day at least, I'd be like, cool, well, there's, there's one game I'm going to go and queue for probably two hours to play for 15 minutes. And that's just going to be my morning as I'll get in early and I'll jump in that queue. And not having that pressure this time was kind of nice, like to just like, just wander in and be like, oh yeah, just look around the show floor and not be too stressed about going and queuing up for anything. Um, but it did make it feel weird. Uh, still, again, no regrets. Loved having the three-day badge to come and go as I wanted. We'll still do that next year. Uh, but yep. yeah, just, just a weird vibe. And as Joel said, like it being it being two years since we'd last gone, that was probably the most people I've been around at any at a given moment in the, yeah. at least the last two years since the last yeah. packs, almost certainly. So that was strange. But at the same time, like I know it's like their moniker and all that, but seeing like the welcome home signs did hit especially hard i was like oh, yeah i feel the that last day, the first day of packs pissed out with rain yeah but just the like, next just day like were my first just packs. beautiful <laughs> like and yeah. i remember on the sunday we're there until the end and i'm walking up towards the station and you look back and the sun's setting over the yarra you have all these people who are exhausted but just smiles in their faces making new friends talking shit and you just have that welcome home thing, and it was the best thing I've seen for so long. I agree. This 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 was this was definitely a return to form. No, sorry, not a return, not a return to form. It was a return to to packs. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna take a while for that to become what it used to be. It felt like it felt almost like how I felt after coming out of the Force Awakens, weirdly, where it was like. Okay, yes. This was this was just a new hope again. The fuck you like about? <laughs> I'm I am also doing some mental I gymnastics thought, to I catch up. Like, hey, before didn't make any sense, but thanks, Joel. Fucking made so much more sense in my mind. Oh. No, like it was it was <laughs> God damn. No, but it, it was, was like, like it was like watching Sleepless in Seattle. No. <laughs> Christ. All right, fucking forget I said anything. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine. I had a, I had a good time. It's fine. So I would definitely say this wasn't exactly the Jurassic Park dominion of Paxes, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Kyra, what Star Wars movie would you compare this pack to? <laughs> oh, you know, if I was to compare it to a Star Wars movie, I would probably say Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, fuck me. I've got <laughs> fucking... I have written myself off already. Early. Yeah. Early Good. on. We're like 15 minutes into this bad boy. Yeah. He was like... Yeah, Loads well for the rest of Joel's show. Should go well. I'm, Should go well. I'm cactus. I'm toast, mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me, everyone. I'll uh, oh, see you next time. That was the rise of Skywalker of jokes. I don't want to talk about Rise of Skywalker. There you go. Yeah, you found, you found the line, Jesse. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker is the line. We don't talk about yeah, that we yet. Won't, we, see, now the Drake's dead. We killed it. Still hurts. Let yeah. the past die. But it was... Fuck. Look, look, I think... I think <laughs> God damn it. I think one of our... I think one of our... Uh, one of the best ways of summing up packs this year can be summed up in one word, and that's Bodies. Um, Bodies. I think Bodies is... you got to go Bodies. Uh, the best way to describe it, just hanging out at Boatmakers and having a beer, having a feed, having a laugh. Getting sunburned. I spent <laughs> so yeah. much time at, at, so for those that haven't been to PAX in Australia before, uh, which you should, you're missing out if you haven't. Great. It's along the Yarra River. And along the Yarra River, there's also a bunch of pubs. One of them is called the Boat, Boat, Build, Boat Builders. And everyone at PAX goes there and drinks heavily. Now, this is my first PAX being in my 30s. This is my first PAX being part of story mode. Story mode gaming started during COVID. So we've made so many friends from other podcasts, other streamers. So many people have become friends online. We actually haven't met before. So this is a real, like, social event. So I spent so much time (laughs) drinking at Boat Builders and playing Jenga. Yep. Very drunk or like Jenga. cheering on people who were also playing Jenga. Yes. Oh, there also. was there was one day where we, we had lunch and we we're like, okay, let's get up, let's go watch, let's go play some games. And we sat there for another forty five minutes watching two people play the Jenga most game. intense game of Jenga. It blew my mind. That Jenga Tower should have collapsed so yeah. many times. It was it was funny because we were just like, all right, well. I- after this game's done, it's, it's gonna, it's, it'll wrap up soon. We'll go, we'll go play some games, and then yeah, like cut to half an hour, forty five minutes later, we're just like, how is this still going? Back to the show floor, though. One thing I, I, I did as soon as I walked in, you could tell it was weird because I walked in and people weren't immediately like touching me. There was room. the The, mm. the walkways were felt wide. There was dead areas. And I've never seen a pack like that before, where there was especially just, on the like especially on the Friday of nothing. Yeah, especially on the Friday. Yeah, like, like it, the only time I really noticed like actual congestion was probably on the Sunday when all the um you know the esport booths were starting to do their like last minute shout like throwing out whatever loot and stuff they had left. That was the only real no- time I noticed like massive clumps of people starting to mass. Otherwise, there was a pretty decent flow. To moving around, which was good. I never lined up for a game. I'm so used in past packs, like yeah, I would line up for hours to play yeah. Horizon. And the, the okay, there weren't many other than indie games, which we'll get to shortly. We had Street Fighter Six, which I just walked to a console to play. Yep, we did too. Yeah, pretty much. There was Sonic Frontiers, which had a line. Can't explain it. Yeah. I, I'm so disappointed because my partner walked past it and said that she saw somebody dressed like Jesus because the cosplay, and we'll get to the cosplay soon. 
somebody dressed like Jesus waiting to play Sonic Frontiers. And I told her, you missed an opportunity to take a photo that would become the next great meme. Yeah. Because seeing the big man himself lining up to play the big man's game, Sonic yeah. Frontiers, would have been... Now, that's, that's the seal uh, of approval that Sonic needs. <laughs> there was we, two things there. Like, despite there not being much on the floor, and I walked around this place multiple times, the signage for some things was so poor. There was a, a Steam Deck, which you could play. I didn't know until earlier this week that you could oh, do that. Oh, really? To be fair, it wasn't a draw card that was like, hey, come I'm play this Steam Deck. I didn't see it, though. It was... Um, uh, I stumbled across it by pure coincidence because uh, it was a, not a game I'll be talking about today, but um, it was Tempopo by Witchbeam Studios, who Witchbeam Games, who made Unpacking. It was their new game. It's a great game. And I was like, oh, I actually want to play that because I like the studio because Unpacking was great. Uh, I didn't know that was, that was um, okay. Yeah, okay. Witchbeam. Um, Unpacking's that good that is now like top of my radar. Yeah, oh, it's a completely right? <laughs> different. It's a completely different game, but it's very good. Like I, and I was like, oh, I'll line up and play it, and it it's just like happened to line up that I was like, I stood there and they were like, oh, do you want to come play this? I said, yeah, sure. And they were like, yeah, I'll have a seat here, and it was a fucking Steam Deck, and I was like, well, I guess I'm playing a Steam Deck today. Damn, um, how was it? It's really good. It's. I tell you what, I just got my tax back. If they were available do in it. Australia, I would have one now. I would I check, absolutely I check have most one now. Days. I'm like, mate, yeah. what if I what if I log into Steam today and they're like. Fuck off, Australian. I'm like, oh, yeah, fair, fair enough, yeah, I guess. I'm like, I mean, and they're right. <laughs> I guess I'll jump yeah. back on my kangaroo yeah. and head back to work. But like, honestly, it was like, floods. it's surprisingly light. Like, it looks like it's a chunky boy, and it is, but it's light. It felt not cumbersome to hold, which was good. Hmm. That, um, that was my worry because I'm one of the people who, I, on those rare times I play my Switch, I play it in bed. Um, and you know, the amount of times I've dropped my phone on my face, I'm scared I would drop the Steam Deck on my face, and it would be like that scene in Breaking Bad where the ATM falls in the guy's face when he's yep. underneath it. Yep. And yep. my partner yep. would come home, and I'm yep. just like crushed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fond destination. You know, with gore. Scorpion style. Love, though. Yeah, but he, Jesse finally ran out of steam. So. Um, hey, if I'm going That's down, good. I'm going what? down. Star Wars game would you compare the Steam Deck to in regards to weight? Ooh, uh, <laughs> the Last Jedi. Oh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, because it had fucking. Don't even. <laughs> mad. I'm mad now. Um, the other thing that was there that I missed was the Alan Wake remake was there apparently. No, 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 no. no the Alan Wake remake wasn't there. Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Alone, Dark. Sorry, the, sorry, the sorry, alone, sorry, alone in the Dark. Sorry. You, don't you say yes, anything sorry, like that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, there was a. Apparently, there was just like a little cube room somewhere and alone in the dark was in there and i i couldn't find it all weekend i, I saw, think, I think I saw a post up but that was about it yeah like where was it i mean the other game to, that we I thought wanted, was there was like, i would have wanted to play there was that rumor going around for everyone's like oh they got they got skull and bones here it's like okay that that that's a game that kind of makes sense to have like a demo version here you can play it get people hyped up maybe they were going to originally have it on the boat like they did with um sea of thieves years ago yeah. blah blah just turned out to be a big fucking wheel. Yep. I mean, it was like upstairs in like a weird place, so I never saw it. Nope. I don't think I don't, I don't think anyone did. But yeah, Xbox wasn't there, Sony wasn't there, Nintendo wasn't there. 
and they normally take up most of the show floor. EB Games, in 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 part, yeah, have set up a massive there. store. They weren't there. Um, I feel like that was a, that the was Red a Bull con- DJ must have got COVID because <laughs> he wasn't there. I've, I could I've, I was eating my nuggets in peace. It's funny I've played in one of the. You know how they always have the the DJ booth in the back of the car, like in, yeah. in like the the it's like a Volkswagen Beetle or whatever. I've played in that in that setup once outside a club in Bendigo. Hey, <laughs> it was fun. Hey, you know, but, you know yeah. who was it? Pax though. Square Enix. Yeah, yeah, showing a game that's been out for a million fucking years yeah. and no one could play it, and they were giving out packs of old Migori noodles. If only we had someone who could like speak to like you know the, the struggles of oh, trying well. to be in that line. Shame we, we don't have anyone on this podcast who likes Final Fantasy, so maybe we'll move on. <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I think one of the cool things is it gave the indie section a lot of time to breathe, and I think a lot of people play the indie games when they normally wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I like that even. Um, so we went and saw Shuhei Yoshida's kind of keynote speech. Which I loved it. Yeah. Like, genuinely, like, good. There's just like a charming guy. I but know. I found his stories very real and very inspirational. I think everyone kind of went left that show with a bit of a pep in their step. And it's funny as well, actually, how perfect it ended up being having Shuhei be the story time guy. With the massive focus on indies because the triple A's weren't there, that ended up actually yeah. pairing together really well. Yeah, it was very good. and he he catch had like I've been to a bunch of packs before and I've never seen a focus like this on indie games. And look, Australia's indie scene is getting noticed, especially throughout COVID. Like yes. people, uh, we Australia makes fucking good games. Yep, yep. He spoke Mel- about cultural Melbourne land for ages. It was Melbourne great. in particular is like a hub for don't, that kind don't of shit. Don't be sleeping on Adelaide over there, though. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. And um, friend, friend shout, out Team Cherry. shout out to Team Cherry. Um, well, look, I mean, my, my, when you go through Indies in a second, my game of the show was, is from Melbourne. Spirit of me made here and oh, so good. I just do want to go back to a game that um, I'm not sure if you guys played. Did you guys play Street Fighter Six? Yes. Yes. We tried we once. Played, <laughs> yeah, we played one round. What do um, you think? I, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for a fighting game, like, to, to, like, really gauge it. Here's what I'll say. I loved it, but as soon as I walked away from that demo station, I was immediately jealous of everyone at home playing the closed beta that was happening that same weekend. I was yeah. like, yes. fuck. I, I, but I tell you what, I, I, it, it, didn't, it didn't dampen my spirits towards, like, I'm still very excited to play Street Fighter Six, especially if that world tour mode is going to be, like, as good as I feel like it's going to be. Yeah, I'm into it. Oh, I'm, I'm day zero became, on Street Fighter Six. Yeah. yeah, I went from whatever to day one purchase. I had so much fun with that. I'm I'm garbage at it. Would I get better at it? No. Will I buy it and then not play it much? Of course, that's what I do. The in-fight commentary adds so much, yeah. and it makes an absolute scrub like me feel like I actually know what I'm doing. Like it makes mm-hmm. me feel part. It, it's such like an esport vibe to it. I feel like it's a pro. Very cool. Yeah. And having the two um, fighters come out and sort of like throwing shade in each other, like walking through the crowd. It's like a little cut scene. Did you try the game it, face stuff with the D pad? Oh, it's so good. I, I, I only found that found out afterwards. Oh, okay. So it's good. good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But, but I think touches. there's also like, I do want to say, I'm not sure how much of Street Fighter you've been following, um, but one of my favorite features it has is, again, amongst many, many, many of them, I don't think you could see it. Maybe you could have seen it in the demo. Um, on Guile stage, if you're not playing as Guile, 
he he starts off in the he, he can be in the jet in the background but as like the rounds go on he will get out of a jet and he'll come closer to the fight and like by the third round i think he's usually standing like immediately behind you like watching and that that's shit is just awesome cool. guy's old mate so with big cool. hair right yeah, the new design of him looks like Broden Kelly from Auntie Donna with big hair. His face yeah. is yep. spot on yep. Broden Kelly. Oh, my God. I see it. I see it. Yeah, wow. All right, hang on. I wasn't going to main guy, but now maybe I have to. No, I've got to stay, I've got to also, stay with Kelly. Just a name drop. She's my girl. Speaking of Aunt, Auntie Donna, went out for the... Uh, a bunch of different podcasters from around Australia. We all caught up and we all got far too much pizza. Thank you, Brendan. Absolutely fucking shortened my life with deep dish pizza. Um, but I had, I had a really good night out. Again, Pax is somewhat an excuse to drink. Um, ran into um, Mark from Auntie Donna. Hey. Who's this little blonde man here? It's Mark. I'm like, I just oh. released a book today. They, they did. did today or tomorrow today. Mark also features heavily in this week's episode of Finding Jesus, a really good documentary series. Very, very, very funny. I do need to watch that. One of my one of my favorite Pax memories. It was I don't I don't know if it was the last one. Maybe it was the last one. But there was the one that both Mark and Broden were at. Yeah, it was just great. Just to, like, you you'd run into them on the show floor. Like also yeah. sorry, just to say people we run into on the show floor. I need to give a shout out to some of the cosplayers there because oh. look, I've been. I've been to many, many a PAX, and I've seen many a fantastic cosplay. Only one made me fucking squeal. <laughs> okay, oh. right. I was walking out of a out of um the the TOS girls um show, which is fantastic, and saw across the room my boy Jack. Okay. Oh. Um, her, her, she goes by the, the name Puffy Palaces. Go follow her on Instagram and and Twitter and all the all the things. Does a bunch of different Jack cosplays, but she did Jack from Jack Two. Um, the the best Jack and Daxter cosplay I've ever seen. She even like made a little Daxter from scratch, like a little like plush version. That's right. Um, hopefully, gonna have her an episode of of Love Letters in the future. Nice. So I can talk about Jack and Daxter because. Of course, we're going to talk about Jack and Daxter, but yes, I need to shout that out because you could tell a lot of the cosplayers haven't had a chance to show these off in a few years. Yeah. So we had a lot of cosplays from older games, like not by older, I mean the last two years. Um, there was a Monster Hunter Rise like hunter there that apparently was in the cosplay competition and I didn't see them at all. And I was like, oh man, that was, was awesome. There was a lot of really good ones. Like honestly- some of my favorites I didn't really see until the last day. Like there was an amazing yeah. um, Melania walking around haunting me on that third day. Yep. Uh, as we were leaving Joel back across that bridge, I um, yeah. we saw those two girls who were cosplaying from Thirteen Sentinels. I'm like, I didn't know yep. you were here. And I also met my good friend, well, my now good friend. I saw the cosplayer. Thirteen Sentinels cosplayers. They were yeah, great. They, they were, were great. really good. I met my friend um, Jess K Cosplay, who was there as um, Justin Bailey Samus on the third day. Like. There was like just a lot of really good cosplay. Um, there was a, the, the xenomorph that was just the xenomorph. fucking strolling around was God. incredible. Like, did you see the five people dressed up as different car, different pieces of the Exodia? Y- yeah, another, <laughs> yeah. Another, another great cosplay. <laughs> Very Every good. year there's a group, there's a good group. Yeah. I remember a few years ago it was like the the Waluigi's going around. Yeah, this year it was the, it was the five pieces of Exodia. There was a Mario Kart great. one one year. I remember there was like a, yeah, there was a Mario like Kart. Mario one. Kart. Yeah. yeah, it was really sorry. Good. 
just also, Kyron, I think I feel like I need to give you a bit of an Elden Ring update. Um, I still shit at it. I can't beat. <laughs> I yeah, went. Yeah. I, I remember you telling me when you get to that bridge, take a left. There's an item you can get that will help you in. Um, what what's this Bloodroot motherfucker's name or whatever his name? I don't even. I don't, don't even care. Don't even care. It'll help you in the second phase. Three problems with that. First, the the horse lord on that bridge. Hardest boss I've ever fought in the game. <laughs> okay. So I just run past them. I've gotten really good at running. Unlike real life. I then get to Bloodroot Boy. And to use that item, you get to the second phase and it helps block attacks. You're really assuming I get to the second phase often, aren't you? Because I'm not. And the few times like I, I do, I'm like, all right, I'll just use this uh whatever it is, this claw thingy. Also, assuming that he gives you any time to use it. Anytime. Just let me know. I'll jump in and I'll I'll, I'll revive my Elden Ring character and jump in. Oh, please. I need help. I need help. Please. <laughs> which, I, which boss is that? The Bloodroot one. Is that um, Mog? Are you talking about Mog? Are you, ta- are you talking about Mog? Yeah. Or? No, no, no. Mog, Mog's, Mog's dealt with him. Well, which um, Mog? There's two Mogs. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, that guy you get the blood root to, he he's living in like a house oh, elsewhere. The beast man, I'm, I yeah. don't know how he's guy that's what I meant. Yeah. Beast the beast cleric, yeah. Mal- he's, he, he's back and he's 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 second phase with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's where that's where I just I just can't do it. Because my he's, build he's is blood. very slow. Very like I pack a punch. Like, I've got that sword that looks like the uh, Iron Throne, and it's fully maxed out. Like, it packs a punch, but it takes about four minutes to wind up. <laughs> Gotta buff that poise, baby. And, yeah, Mal- this guy, does he, he is hopping all over the place. He is hopped up on something. <laughs> and I just, don't, I, just, I just don't want to fight him. So then I went to the snow um, for a little bit, and I reunited two jellyfish. Which made me happy. Uh, oh, love all that little weird you shit. Like, look I at love, the stars together. I love Elden yeah. Ring for its boss fights, and I love From Software Games for their boss boss fights. But I also love it for their weird little lore shit like that. There's just like it's just there's nothing and like, else that really it, scratches that itch like From Software Games. It took a moment to be like to realize how you solve that. I'm like, oh, of course you do it this way. This, yeah. this is good. Oh, it's one of those games where often you'll play a game, and you're like, hey, there's a more logical way to to solve this problem and it doesn't work in this game it does i'm like okay but oh sorry about that my mic arm doesn't like this new mic so i'm gonna teach it just look, it just looked like your microphone got really excited then yeah. it's elden ring it do- it it's does elden that. ring baby mm. they're all boning up here future, future game of the year congratulations elden ring well done yeah. mm. speaking of games yeah sure why not that will do for a segue <laughs> We played a shit ton of indie games in the PAX Rising session at PAX Oz 2022. Um, and we're going to go through a, a list of some of our some of our favorites. Some of them we played post-PAX and they sort of went on Steam. There were demos available. Um, all these games are, almost all of these games are available in some form at the moment. Most of them have demos. Some of them were timed, unfortunately, so that they could be over. But... They're worth checking out or at least adding to, to your wish list. And um, also worth mentioning that Steam is frequently having these like festivals now. So I'm sure they'll be yeah. back up in a few months when there's another 100%. thing. 100%. Before we do though, if you do want to keep up to date with all of our other shit, 
I, I, I didn't even try to spruce it up anymore. We've just got so much. Let's let's be honest. We've just got so much stuff now, guys. Check our shit out. Just go and have a look. Too many things. Just steal from Devolver Digital. Just check a look, guys. Just Just take a look. Check a look. We are on all your socials at Stormit AUS. We are on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Stormit AUS, and we also have that YouTube account. Go check it out. I'm very proud of the the, um, videos we have on there at the moment. There's two, but there's more coming. And if you want to keep up, you know, you want to know when they're happening, ring that little bell. Apparently that does something. I still don't understand YouTube. I'm over 30, guys. I'm over 30, okay? I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I don't know what that feels like. Not, nope. Nah. Nah, this is a completely new feeling that you're you're feeling. I don't understand. A game that that I think may actually really embody the feeling of being over 30 is a game, Kyron, that you've been quite keen on, Dredge. Tell us about it. So, so Dredge is actually a game I heard about, I want to say a few months ago, just from, um, I saw a Twitter post about it and I was like, shit, this game looks great. And, uh, I watched the trailer and was immediately in, I actually didn't know it was going to be at PAX. So when I was walking through PAX Rising and saw it, I was like, oh, it's here. I didn't play it at PAX because sometimes I get really weirdly nervous about playing indie games in front of indie devs. I'm like, don't judge me. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And sometimes they want to help you out. And I'm like, don't. (laughs) And sometimes, they want, and sometimes they want your help, which is great. I know, but, but you're like, you're like oh, I really enjoyed your game. That's like, oh, like, is there anything we can fix maybe? No, just put that's it That's why I good. haven't, when it, when it used to be there every year, that's why I never played Dead Static Drive. I'm just like too intimidated yeah. by how much I already love yeah. that game. Like, I can't do it. It's also one of those things that sometimes you want to, a, a game that you've been looking forward to. I can't, I can't stream a game, for example, that I've been really looking forward to because I, I want to absorb that by myself. In the yeah. right atmosphere, being the right frame of mind. Dredge has a very particular atmosphere to it, which I don't mm. think is very conducive to being in a big kind of crowded no. room. You want yeah. to play it quiet, contemplative. Like it, it, was, it's gross. it was nice to come home, get the demo, download it, chuck on my headphones, sort of like draw the curtains shut and just sort of like absorb myself into it. Uh, so Dredge is actually, it's, it's actually, I'll start off first of all by talking a bit about the developer. It's being made by... Um, uh, Black Salt Games, which are a New Zealand development group, which is made up of three game devs and a studio manager with dreams of bringing their own games to the world. And yeah, so Dredge, it's it's sort of like an open sea little isometric top-down fishing RPG game. But and that's that's those mechanics are great and fine, but it has this like sinister undertone that's just sort of there the entire time you're playing it and as you as you get further through it from a demo at least you start to pick up more and more and it's just it's it's got a, it's a hook that's the hook for me because the fishing stuff and all that is solid Joel, get it hook fishing yeah see yeah. see hey hey hey, hey. hey. <laughs> wasn't even intentional but um Took the bait. It's, it's how it's how it went down hook uh, but yeah then they start talking about how because basically how the game works is you're on your boat um you can talk to some people back at, you know, the town where you start. You can shop, you know, swear you sell your fish and all that. But then you go out onto, onto your boat and start fishing. Now, how the fishing works is you have basically got a time and the time moves when you're moving around in your boat or, you know, fishing or dredging up stuff from from sink, from wrecks and that. And at first you're like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I'll just spend my day fishing. And then you've got a Resident Evil 4 style inventory where you've got to sort of like slot your fish into your inventory. 
and like I was wondering it. that well I thought a bunch of people were messing yeah. around with like different puzzles and yeah. things like that. I'm like, yeah. why are you stacking fish up? <laughs> what is yeah, that? It's mean? cool. Yeah, okay. you like got the reservoir inventory style, which is one of my favorites. Very cool. I haven't oh, that reminds me. I want to try that that game called Safe Point, but it's just like Resident Evil 4 inventory puzzles. Um but yeah, so that's that's all good and well. That that stuff was really solid. But then as the day starts to go on and like, you know, it hits like 6 p.m. and the and the fog starts to roll in. Just stuff starts getting weird. And they're like, the characters actually say, like, if you're look, you can go out fishing all day. Don't stay out at nightfall, you know? Gets a bit gets a bit, you know, creepy and weird. And I honestly, in my time with the demo, I didn't stay out too late. So I was like, no, I kind of want to save that for when I get the game. But even the times when I was out a little bit later, past six o'clock and the fog's there, and you need like your you've got like a light on your boat you can switch on, which becomes imperative to like navigating back to the back to the harbor. Because if you like bump up against any sort of rock or land, it will actually damage your boat and maybe you'll lose some fish and stuff. And it's just like, but again, and that's great, but there's just something about this sinister atmosphere after six o'clock. There's a story there that I want to know more about. It's very Lovecraftian, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. It feels very very eldritch horror. Yeah. Like yeah, very very much like yeah, unknowable, unspeakable horror. You have so I, I I've had an eye on this game ever since I found how like Lovecraft it was. So I've been keen, and then Karen, you've been talking it up. So you've you've sold me on it. But mentioning, invoking the name of Resident Evil Four, you know that yes, gets, that gets me going. Yeah, like like I said, but, like when I I opened up, I got my first fish, and I was like, oh, I'll pop it down in my in my little square. But it was only in, until I, I, I caught a couple. I'm like, oh, okay, I've only got a certain amount of space and they're all different shapes. And you can sort of like rotate them to sort of maximize the amount of fish you're actually carrying on your boat. And you get you a little back. preview. When you get to like a fishing point, like on the in the open area, it gives you like a an indicator of what fish will be there and also kind of like a, so a you know hint what as to what shape need. it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, and then like okay. if it's like high, like plentiful or low in supply. Yeah. That um, is not. A mechanic I would have expected to be in this game, but mm. I'm keen. But you've also the fact that you go out there, and I've said this a million times. One of my favorite feelings in a game is isolation. Yeah. Um. So having to like sort of rush back, but having to be really careful. And if you 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 know you damage your boat, you have to repair it on the run. And there's yeah, so there's I, you, something I, I coming. I don't think you can repair it on the run, but that makes it worse, yeah. though, right? You've got to make it back to the harbor to get to I the boat it. builder who can like patch it up. Yeah. And you re- like a couple of the like again, I played enough to get some, I guess, quests where characters will be like, "Oh, I need you to go and deliver this, like, take this package over to this to this particular spot." And you really start to feel the crunch when you're you leave because how this starting area is, it's sort of like a little cove, and it's got yeah. like little little rocky emplacements where you're like, you feel nice and safe. But once you go beyond that and you start seeing the more open sea, you start to feel a bit less safe, and it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It's just got this this vibe that I'm really into, and I desperately want this game so badly. Please, <laughs> when yeah. does it come out? 2023 is all we know. So it's Ugh. next year, I think. And, and the other thing too with it being like the the fact that like that, that it, it refers to itself as a sanity meter when you're out there. It's like so they're like, don't stay out past six o'clock because otherwise. And I think the tooltip is like your sanity meter will start to drop and things will start to happen. And then it starts like giving me memories of like eternal darkness and stuff like that, where that game would 
mess with you massively. Yeah, like if once your sanity meter would drop, and once it starts getting past six o'clock, you definitely start hearing things as you're yeah. sailing back home, and you're like. I don't know what that sound is, but I don't want to be near it, so I'm going to head home. That's what I want to ask, because you said you went home and you popped your headphones on. A game like this, I think a lot of it would come down to sound design. Please tell me it nails it. Yeah, like, I really dug the sound design. Even, like, the simple things of, like, the fishing sounds, the reeling, the dredge sound effects as you're, like, pulling up wrecks and stuff. And, like, even when you scrape against a rock, it yeah, it all sounds really good. I've been playing Scorn a lot, a bit lately, and... Look, I'm not loving it. But one of the coolest things the game does is really, really good sound design. The 3D audio on that is so unnerving. So I imagine a game like this, if you could really hear the water like ripple at night and you you just don't know what it is, oh, that would hurt hard. You can hear like the the sloshing of the water as you move along through it. It's just, it is is like pitch. They've nailed exactly what they need to with the sound. Oh, Okay. All so right. it's, it is coming. It's coming in 2023. So far, they've announced it's coming to PC and Nintendo Switch. I'll be playing that. I think I'll actually play that on PC. Yeah, me too. In a dark room, bigger screen. Yeah. All right, I'm keen, I'm keen for that. Another game I'm keen on is a game that I checked out called Spiritwell. Did you guys see that? Or we'll get a chance to play Spiritwell. I watched you play a little bit of it. You I didn't get a chance to play it, but I've yeah. got the Kickstarter page open on my phone for when it goes live. <laughs> I think it actually is live now. Oh, yes. Spirit I'll, well, wait I'll, the show's over. I'll wait till the show's um, over. This is a, 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 an indie game made by David Chen from Melbourne. Um, got to speak to him. Absolutely lovely guy. He's been working on it for a few years. He's hoping it actually comes out possibly early next year. Very much inspired by like Ghibli and, and Japanese RPGs. You play as a small boy. You fall down a well. You get washed down a river. And you wake up in like a magical world with spirits and sprites and such um that's been done to death that's this none of of that is new what i love is there's no combat in this game i'm so sick of combat in games which sounds stupid because i love games with combat in them but i i really like when especially any, any developers take a risk and think outside the box you have encounters with people but you talk them out or you play little mini games, okay? You 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 know you run into trees and you collect apples, or you jump across mushrooms or whatever, and you solve problems non-violently. So what this game does is really reliant writing. And I haven't smiled playing a game like this in so long. There's a character named Cappy. He's a he's a capper, and he runs up to you, and he's. All the characters are quite childlike. Like even these sprites and these spirits are, are kids, but they talk to you because they think that they're adults. So he's telling you that he's like the leader of like a pirate crew. You just know it's him and his dumb friends, okay? But the way he's talking it up, it's like you know we run this city. We you know, this this town is ours. You you need to get through us first. But you um you talk to him and he's trying to show off, and I I actually laughed out loud at this moment. When he's talking about turning into his bridge form, it builds up. The music builds up. And I'll get to the music in this game in a moment. The music builds up and he's shaking. He's like, oh, shit, what's going to happen here? And he just falls into his side and he's like, he's like, tries to become a human bridge, but he's not long enough to go across the river span. So it's just nothing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I didn't expect it from a game like this, 
because it's, it's charming, which a lot of indie games can handle, but funny so, doesn't always happen. I don't want to draw too yeah, many I, comparisons. But I know like, where you're going from this, yeah. It's sounding a lot, not in a, in a, in a, honestly, in a really good way. Yeah. Like the next sort of step of a game like Undertale. He was saying he's very much inspired by Undertale. Yeah. It, and oh, well, that's the thing. What I like about it, because obviously Undertale is similar, but it still has the combat. I do love the idea of solving problems as the mini games and not having the combat side at all. That sounds really intriguing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, Watching you play it, when I was seeing behind you, uh, you and Felix play it, I, I, the art style and like the way it was written, it felt very Undertale. And again, I'm not trying to like, you don't want to pigeonhole it, but like, I, no, I say that as a compliment. Like, exactly, like, I it, think it, so too. It yeah. wears the influence on its sleeve. Yeah. So you can see a lot of Undertale. Yeah. You can see a lot of Ghibli in it. But it's like, look, if you're gonna draw inspiration from a few things, yeah, and okay, I mean, yeah. Go and I mean, I mean, Undertale. <laughs> Wears its inspiration on its sleeve by being yeah. like Mother and Earthbound. It's like, like it's, I am an Earthbound game, pretty much. Like yeah, Toby exactly. Fox made an Earthbound ROM hack, and that's sort of where a lot of the stuff even started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it looked really interesting. Like, but yeah, I'm I didn't didn't play it. I actually want to. I might go look up a trailer because I haven't heard any of the music from it yet. Well, but just that's what I want to talk about. The music in this game is phenomenal. So I watched I an interview music. Good. Um, with um, uh, Dana Yun. She she does all she composed the game um, from Melbourne as well. I love the other quote she said to describe the game, and she said the game is is a bunch of intricate little bits that fit together like a constellation. I'm like, oh, I love, oh, it's touching. But Ooh, she's explaining about how hello how her and and David didn't know what exactly like what the music they wanted was, and they were just throwing kind of words back and forth and. It didn't. They, those words don't have any meaning, like musically. Like make the music sound more naive, but they they clicked and they they knew what they were going for. I, I really like that because when I was playing the game, I was playing it with Felix, and the amount of times him and I we both had headset headsets on, and the amount of times we looked at each other like this song is good. It's like it sticks in your head, and every character has their own little theme, so you know when like uh, Cappy comes up to you, it's all really like joyous and fun music but it's so catchy and you get really excited when you hear it because you know oh i'm about to have some really like fun dialogue the the writing the animation or oh, the animation at some points just it's so fluid it looks so good um i'm i'm very I, excited for this game if that, if that kickstarter yeah. is live tonight like i am backing that game as soon as we finish recording <laughs> I, I would i would suggest it now, moving on to Joel. I don't know why I said that. I, I said your name so bogany just then. Joel. Joel. Yeah, Joel, mate. You played a little Wars bit movie of a little game you called to? Fucking Bop. <laughs> Topple Bop. Yes. Topple Pop. Topple Pop Bungie Blockbusters, I think is the full title. Um, this was a game that I didn't even know. I, I wasn't going to play because I was like, I sort of saw it and was like, oh, this, I kind of get what this vi- the vibe of this is. Um, it wasn't until um, one of our friends, Brod, was like talking to one of the developers after I was I was p- playing the other game I'm going to talk about later. But um, and I walked over and I was like having a look at it, and then uh, the 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 a, a unit opened up and it was like two controllers there. So I was like, all right, cool, give it a go. Um, and yeah, I kind of fell in love with it and have been thinking about it on and off since I played it. So um, 
Yeah, Topple Pop Bungie Blockbusters. It's by Akima uh, uh, Games. Um, bunch of friends who've been like friends together for like 10 plus years and they started making stuff in 2018. I think this is their first game from, uh, from memory. Um, and it is basically, I don't know, like the elevator pitch would be, I guess, like a Tetris-style game with bungee cords. Um, yeah, I would say that's a pretty good a pretty good way to pitch it, honestly. Yeah. Obviously, you, you there's could, more than that, but that is like the pitch. The, the, the secondary pitch to that would be also it, it takes inspiration, I would say, from something like Puzzle Fighter um, and like those types of like um, – like um, Puyo Puyo Tetris and things like that as well, like where you have those modes where you can play competitively. Um, but basically you're a bunch of – you, you play as animals that are on bungee cords and you, like, grab blocks from the top of the screen and dive down and try and stack them against other similar coloured blocks to make chain reactions and remove those blocks. Um, and if you're playing in, like, a, a the mode that I played was, like, it was in the story mode. But it was like a, a like a Great versus match. Podcast. Hey. <laughs> Going we back, we fucking did it. We did it. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's a. Uh, it was like a versus match, basically. So it was like two v two, um, and when you were doing well enough, like it would send blocks across to the other side and sort of like clog up their map, and vice versa. Um, so the game's gonna have uh, like uh, wait like a, a full, like a story mode that you can play cooperatively as well. You can play it full co-op. Um, it's got uh, like couch co-op in mind. It's got, uh, they've even said stuff about like they, they designed it with esports in mind. Um, so having that sort of like competitive, competitive element to it. And I really felt that because it's, it's really simple to get the idea of. But then once I started playing around with the mechanics of the game, there were a lot more things that you could do. I was going to say, like, the guy, when the guy was explaining it, he actually, he talked about how, like, they've got, like, they had to play stuff sort of in front of the monitor so you can sort of look at the controls. But he did mention that there is other stuff you can do that's not mentioned there that's sort of more advanced and, like, aimed at that more, that deeper level of play, which is really interesting. Because at the base level, honestly, like, it, it just, it, it felt good anytime the bungee cord would, like, catch and like you would go down and it would get tight there was no physical or haptic feedback or anything like that but it was just like the game feel of it was really good like it felt nice it was the right and i think i just when we were talking to the one of the developers i mentioned to him that i was like it felt like it had just the right amount of out of controlness in a way like so it made you it could have easily fallen into one of those categories where it's just like, whoa, it's wacky and crazy. Look how out of control you are. It's really hard to, but no, you've still got agency over that character and you can still do tricky shit with it. But there was that little element of like chance and, and, and risk with it as well that you weren't always completely in control because you're on a bungee cord. So you're just like bouncing all over the place. Um, this but is a game he, when we when um we went out for drinks, everyone will talk about this. This was the yeah. game everyone, oh, I think okay. everyone just had the most fun with it. This this was the game that I heard the most about um over the weekend, but I never got a chance to play it. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really good. And I, I, honestly, and it's it's one of those games where weirdly, 
I got home from PAX and I think it was the Monday and I think I, I dropped you off at the, the train station car and to head home and I went back home and sat on the couch and I was like, kind of, I wish that game was out. I could really play some more of that game right now. Like I really felt like I wanted the to demo, play more of it. The demo was still up on Steam. Yes. Yeah. So there is a demo up on Steam. I need to download it and have another crack at it because it's, it's really fun. And the art style is really, really fun and colourful. Um, what I was saying before, the match, the, 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 the mission or whatever that I played with my friend, um, our opponents were, what were they called, Keith and um, like Ryan or something, and they were dressed like Ryu and they were animals, but they were dressed like Ryu and Ken from from Street Fighter. And I was like, that's very funny, especially because of the, you know, the very puzzle fighter feel that it has to it. Um, there's like, you've got like elements of like, like sharp shooting and control. You can like throw stuff and launch yourself, yourself across the map as well to like catch things. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's like this beautiful, like controlled chaos that was so much fun to play. Um, and I, I, it's honestly, I'm, as soon as this comes out, I'm going to get it. Cause I feel like this is going to be one of those ones, especially as I don't know what platforms it's coming to at this stage, PC it's like on steam at the moment to wish list. And it's the same 2023 at this stage, but I would be very surprised if this game wasn't on the switch. Cause I feel like it would live yeah. at home. there. I, I hate being one of those people, but like, this is a game that I see. I'm like, if that was on switch, yeah, I, would I, mean, have it, I would keep it installed. <laughs> Exactly. Kyron, that's kind of our shtick on dialogue options. Like, it's just like, oh, this game was on Switch. Um, But, yeah, like, honestly, I think this is, if this comes out on Switch, it'll be like a day one download it. It lives on my Switch. Um, Because I feel like, again, with the couch co-op element of it as well, just being like, hey, do you want to play a game? Like, play this game? It's like, what is it? Ah, cool. So just think Tetris, but you're going from top to bottom on a bungee cord and, like, dropping stuff. Uh, to try and make connections. So, it, yeah, it's a it's lot of fun. It's going to be a game where I think it's going to be insane to watch people stream it who are really good at it. Because yes. that controlled chaos is really fun because you can play it and just fail and it's funny. Mm-hmm. But when you see people who master it and it looks like effortless, you're going to have the most clutch yeah. matches. Like you're doing the freakiest stuff to win a game. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, like with them saying so, like having an emphasis on sort of like that esports vibe, and even talking to the developer himself, where he was like, "That's the kind of thing that they they want people to be. They want their game to be approachable to anyone, but they also want to have that element of like really competitive nature." Because he himself was saying, "Like I, I'm a very competitive person. I played a lot of esports, like competitive games like that, and I love that feeling. So I wanted to carry it across into into something like this." Um, yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it's just like looks like this cute, inoffensive puzzler on on its surface. But I think the more you dig into it, the the deeper it'll get, and I think the more you'll get out of it as well. Really cool stuff. So yeah, well, topple pop bungee blockbusters. One of the one of the uh, storyboard fellows who was telling us me about that game as well was Felix, who came down from Queensland to play to play the games to to come to PAX. Um, we all got to meet him for the first time. Felix, good bloke, Felix. Wanted to be on this podcast, but life got in the way, work got in the way. But I know that he really wants to talk about um, some of the indie games he played. So through the power of ancient magics that I have, the mystical arts um, that I have studied for the last 15 to 20 minutes, (laughs) I will invoke 
Felix to talk about a game called Schrodinger's Cat Burglar. Fantastic name for a game. Okay. So good. I need you guys to chant, just to say, Felix, talk now. We all have to say it on three. Felix, talk now. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Felix, talk Felix now. Talk oh my now. God. Holy shit. Felix, just do your bit. Oh my God. Whoa. I'm here. I'm here. Everyone, shut up. Shut up. All of you. Especially you, Jesse. Shut up. I need to talk about Schrodinger's Cat Burglar. It is a adorable little puzzle game by Abandoned Sheep where you play as a cat, which is absolutely just the cutest thing in the world. Um, the lead designer did amazing things with animation, showing the, the cat, like, typing on a keyboard. You can do tons of cat things, like pushing things off tables, um, carrying things around your mouth. It's, it's beautiful. It, it kind of reminds me of playing stray a lot you know that level of care of putting in putting in so much so many man hours into just purely representing a cat and everything a cat loves doing but the, the idea of Schrodinger's cat burglar is that you play as a little kitty that gets split into two states both begin as neutral like like you know Schrodinger's cat thing theory whatever it is I don't know what, what, what quite it is but the real clincher is that when you get observed as one of your states, it becomes observed and then the other one of your states becomes theoretical. And you can switch between them as playable characters. And while your observed state is being watched, your theoretical state can move through doors and do other puzzle elements. The demo wasn't terribly long, but it, it, it showed a really, really good foundation for a puzzle game that I think will be really, really cool when it comes out. It's um it's got a whole cast of zany characters and hey, not to be a broken record about this, but you all know how much I love another game with a certain animal thief, and they're equally as strange animal friends. All right, so I'm not, I'm not directly comparing the two games, but it is up my alley. That's all I'm saying. It's cute, it's fun, and honestly, it's worth whatever they want to charge for it. So keep it on your radar. And make sure you check out Abandoned Sheep. They're doing some really cool stuff. Um, oh, I don't have much time left. But before I... Don't act like you all pre-recorded your part. That, that, I just want, that's my one preference. Because it's not a good joke. Like, we, we've done it already. I, I don't want to hear, oh, I really like that bit where he did this. Or, or, yeah, I'm sure that was really insightful, Felix. It's not funny, guys. Like, really. Like, we've overdone that joke. I'm, I, I'm running out of time. Uh, Thanks for that, Felix. I'm sure that was insightful, funny, and oh, look. I really liked the part. Said there, he really sold me on it. He really did. He did. Yes. He did. Um, a very. I did play Schrodinger's Cat Burglar, and it was fantastic. I walked over there just because the name drew me in. Yep. But the gameplay mechanic is so clever. It is so clever. I um, I saw it and I didn't get a chance to play it, but yeah, the name I was just like, it was one of those ones where I'm like, it stuck with me just because of the name of it. Brilliant. I saw a little girl and her mum playing it and they were having a ball and it was one of the cutest things I've ever seen. I actually want to say that um, um, because because of, to briefly interrupt our like our indie specific stuff and go to more general packs, because of like the lack of AAAs, it was kind of cool seeing like families over in front of the indie stalls. That was really neat. Yeah. Um, I think every indie game I played, there was like a, like a small kid yeah. waiting yep. behind me and I was like, here, have the controller. Yeah, You're going to have fun mate, with this. Get in there. Um, 
and they were just having fun with it. Right. It, felt, it, felt, it was good. It was really good. Um, let's move on to another one of my picks and another game that I went to purely based on its name, The Godfeather. The first game I actually saw when I walked into, walked into PAX. It was right near the front door. Yeah. This is a game from Hoju Studios. Um, Hojo Studios. Uh, they're the team behind um, Inflatality. Did you guys ever play that? I never played big, it, but wacky, I saw waving, it. Inflatable I remember seeing that. Yeah. Manufacturer. Such a fucking dumb the game. The art style so is good. very similar now. So <laughs> that makes so, so much good. sense too now. Yeah, I remember like the art style looks very similar. Yeah. It's got a very... It's a, a top-down stealth roguelike where you play a member of the Pigeon Mafia. Um the the team behind it said, you know, when you look at birds and you're like, why are they, how, how are they so organized? They're all like, you know, flying together. Like, what's what's all this then? Well, you find it. It's the Pigeon Mafia. Some fantastic names in this game. My favorite one being Joey Typeek. Hey, yo, I'm Joey Typeek. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to get my Type-Beak. one complaint out of this game out now. <laughs> that is the exact thing I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Typeek, let's go suck a lemon. Let's suck a lemon. Um... There's no, there's no voice acting in this game. Right. I will do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. Jesse, you're setting a very dangerous precedent in these times Joey right T. Now. You're setting a very dangerous precedent by saying that in these times. <laughs> don't, don't be going out there saying that. I'll do it for free for the first game, but if I'm coming back, <laughs> okay, I want some more. Um, I will have earned some more. Basically, you play the pigeon. You're defending your pigeon mafia's turf um, from other birds, other people. You've got cats to avoid, drones, bigger birds, and lawn karens who will squirt you with a hose. Lawn you have to go around and um, good. That's swoop really and poop. good. <laughs> the term I, I, I've seen a lot, a lot is swoop and poop. Oh. So you swoop some people, you poop on some people. Some people you need to swoop, then poop. Some people you need to poop, then swoop. It's a, it, 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 it's a roguelike, so it's all procedure, uh, uh, randomly generated. You know the little term I was looking to say that I've completely blanked on the term is. Um, and every time you, you die, you come back and you've got a few different upgrades, so you get better each time. Each, each positive run you do, you get extras, there are bosses. Yada yada yada. Um, so on 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 the page, on the Steam page it says whether it's tree snitches, din- diners at brunch, enemy birds, rival supplies, fleeing informants, or fresh laundry just waiting to be redecorated, they all gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> this game's simple. It's super simple. The arts are simple. It's dumb and it's fun. I just. Voice acting in this game would elevate it to another level because the character names look, the character designs are so cool. Every, like, it's just pigeons in the Sopranos. Yep. It's so good. It's so good. This is one of the games I I really wanted to play, but I just, I completely missed it, unfortunately. Like, I just, I didn't get around to it. Um, I did look up though. The demo is still live on Steam, apparently. So oh, awesome! I, I am going to play up. this. Yeah, uh, that would give me away little bags of seed as well. Oh, that's so good! That's, that's great. But it was like it was like a little like plastic bag. So I think it was meant to almost look like drugs. Oh, that's the best! So, well played. There's so many. I'm. This team is clearly quite funny because Inflatality is hilarious. Right. 
I'm hoping they went to town on the writing on this. Because yeah. there, there are cutscenes and stuff like that. I didn't get to experience any of them, but I've seen screenshots of them. I'm hoping they have just gone super pun heavy. Because, like, even when they, on some of the stickers and stuff they were giving away, um, instead of, like, you know, chilling with the boys, it was chilling with the boids. Oh. Good. It's just little touches like it's that. Yeah, stuff. the boys are here. My boy, my boy Joey picks over here. Oh. And I was sitting there playing it. I just kept saying the word gabagool and everyone around me knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you just know the Get devs are taking to voice this game. Right. Yeah, no, all the devs are sitting back taking notes just being like, yes, good, okay, it, it's working. Everything is working as planned. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got a list of like, okay, who's the appropriate voice actors here? We've got Italian-American. Oh, no, we'll cross that out. Um, do we have any Indian-Irishman? Oh, yeah, we've got one. He does a podcast. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, we're very yep. much, we're an in-demand people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to another sort of dumb, fun game. Um, Joel, you played Box Knight, and this was a blast. Yeah, Box Knight. This was like my number one must play um, going into packs because it was one of the uh, like the indie showcase winners. They usually have like seven or so games that they sort of put a big spotlight on. Essentially, um, funnily enough, I believe uh, Super Adventure Pals in a previous year was one of these games. Um, made by Massive Monster, who then went on to make Cult of the Lamb. So, uh, yeah. So uh, they have like a little like, you know, like a little sticker they can have on their their booth saying, this was selected by our committee of people, essentially. Um, So I'd sort of seen this in the, um, when they announced all the the, the winners, because every time that happens, I always have a look because... I'm planning my weekend around that, just being like, what indie games am I playing this weekend? And this was top of the list. Um, so basically uh, the 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 one, the, uh, the elevator pitch for this one that they give on their website for Box Night says a funny, silly and irreverent action RPG roguelike, a mix of The Office and Lord of the Rings with an animated cartoon-like aesthetic. So uh, already sounded great. I was like, cool. Um, I watched a trailer for it and it, it really sold me on it. It has sort of, again, not to be too pigeonholy, but it has like a, the enemy designs especially have like a Rick and Morty kind of like Justin Roiland feel to them, um, which I'm okay with. I, I feel like a Justin Roiland design with a Family Guy art style that isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I would but agree. That's the first thing I thought. Yep, no, that's a, that's actually a very good, very good uh, comparison there. Um, but yeah, basically you're playing as like uh, someone who works in like an office complex, um, and at five o'clock on a Friday dons their cardboard helmet and their cardboard tube sword and becomes the box knight who is the sworn protector of the office because basically morale's gotten pretty bad around the office so bad that everyone's like shitty vibes have like manifested into monsters so you as the box knight have to go around and get rid of these monsters and thus the bad morale and work your way all the way up to the CEO's office and take out the CEO uh, and bring back five o'clock work drinks on a Friday. Um, and like that, that's how they described the, the, the developers described it to me. And that line about like 
beating the CEO and bringing back five o'clock work drinks to bring back morale was just like the most fucking Australian thing I've ever heard. And I was like, yes, this is good. This is good stuff. I saw those devs give that same spiel to a few different people. And there was that moment you could tell who worked in an office. Yeah. Because there was like <laughs> that anime flash over their eyes yep. where they're just like, I need to play this. Yeah. I need a vent. Yeah. Um, I played it pretty quickly. As soon as they said that, I'm like, yep, I'm in. Yes. <laughs> it's um so yeah, gameplay wise, it's like a like side scrolling beat 'em up game. Um it is a roguelike as well, so you are sort of seeing how far you can get. Obviously it was only a demo, so I didn't I don't know how things like checkpoints work. I'm assuming there will be. I don't even know how long the, t- uh, how big the tower is like the office complex. It could only be like three or four floors. Who knows? But um, yeah. So you, yeah. And you have like different uh, combos you can do uh, like heavy and light moves. You've got like mana to use like special moves um, and things like that. You've also got, I guess for lack of a better word, Estus flasks you can use to, um, restore health, uh, which is really, really good. And yeah, so it just felt really, really good to play. It's also a dash. So like games like this get like an extra tick in the box for having a dash button, I would say. And you could dash um, in the air as well, couldn't you? Yes, you can air dash yeah, as see, well. That's, that's imperative as well. If you've got a dash, I better be able to do mm-hmm. an air dash as well as a ground dash. Yeah, and the dash does damage as well, I believe. It, it oh, can even, be used, better. I even think better. It, I think it's an attack. So because as you go through the demo, the demo does a really good job of like introducing you to different types of enemies. Um, and then there are some enemies that like your like ground pound special move attack is um, – doesn't work on them because they have helmets on or there are ones that have like breastplates on. So when you do the dash attack, it doesn't affect them either. So you've got to start thinking how to combo up to sort of, you know, crowd control essentially. Um, Yeah. I I had a lot of fun with this game. Like it's being like this, like a, like a side scrolling beat em up game. I, I, you know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for those sort of things, not for any particular reason, just because I like to play them. I don't have like a nostalgic attachment attachment to them or anything. Um, and being a roguelike, that's the ones that I do have a nostalgic attachment to, where I just love that shit. So And it's just that Australian like larrikin vibe to it. Yeah. That cause that can easily go wrong. Oh, I guess yeah. I've seen some games try to do it and just like, oh, okay, this is this is shit. Um this seems fun. It it's hard to very much in, in the right place. It's like a cheeky dig at an office culture, I think. It, Everyone can relate to that a little bit. It gave me it gave me a little bit of uh, some some vibes of um a game that came out last year or two from Agro Crab called uh, Going Under. Yeah, I can um, I can see that. Yeah, and a a bit yes. different, but I can see the vibes that you're that you're connecting there. Yeah, yeah. So Going Under was more dealing with like startup culture and and like like tech startup companies and things like that, and it did a very good job of like poking the hornet's nest at, do it, at uh, of that subject. And I feel like this does the same sort of thing as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just It was just so charming and fun and silly and stupid but really enjoyable to play. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty violent as well, I'll say that, like in its own like cartoony way. It also has like a really great like um, – like sort of Saturday morning cartoon intro video that plays as well, which is really fun. Yes, that was sick. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Animated really well. It looks gorgeous um, and sort of sets the tone for what you're getting yourself into. So 
Uh, I believe, yes, the demo is still up on Steam for that as well. So if you want to go play it, you can go play it on Steam. Um, and they've listed it for Q2 2023. So uh, on PC, again, not sure about other platforms. But well, because they had the they had the beta sign up sheet there, didn't they? They did, and they were saying what platform, and you yeah. could list whatever you wanted. So, so you know, I, maybe they were gauging to see what what popular ones. Yeah, but again, I, would, I, like, I, I just wrote all on Switch. <laughs> I I wrote pretty much all. Just give of it to me on something, and I'll play it. It's yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play this game when it comes out. It's great. Like I oh, it's just it has such a it's such a good idea for a, like a story or a game. Like having that be such a relatable thing. I, not for me personally. I've never really worked in an office per se. But like two, two points actually, Joel, because you never worked in an office, it's but also good. you haven't finished watching Lord of the Rings, so. What the fuck's that about, man? I was I fucking know. waiting for it. As soon as I, I was read bring that up earlier, quote, I was I'm like, like, "Oh wait, oh wait." Like, <laughs> well, now, now we can talk about you know, Karen and I had a beautiful moment. We went through Galadriel's armor. It was awesome, beautiful. I got a Southland pin. It rocked. Yep, I've got that still. Um, you know, we came in on a Saturday. We we watched the the finale. Oh, sorry, not the finale, but we watched the episode that week. We were firing on all cylinders, and Joel's like, "What's the ring? What's Mordor? Who's Gollum? Come on!" And we were mate, like, "Joel, they're not up. even in Rings of Power." Oh. <laughs> Are we good? We're good. Mm. Yeah, Joel, your name has a ring in it. Okay, unless you're gonna change your name to Gel, <laughs> I, surprise, I suggest you get on board. Okay, gonna need some. Aloe vera gel after all those burns. Anyway, box night. Great. He killed it. Speaking he, of he burns, actually, the fires of Mordor. <laughs> now, Joel, now, Mordor is the place in Middle Earth where I've Sauron had a I've his- had a <laughs> I've had a rough episode this one. This one's been a rough one for me. I'm not okay, if lie. I had to compare if I had to compare Return of the King to a Star Wars. Uh, oh. Which Lord of the Rings movie would you compare that to? <laughs> Fucking hell! In my head, that sounded like an apt comparison. Fuck me! I, I love that you said that because I I said something before that that look. Let's face it, we've all now forgotten. <laughs> I said something Wars and one. what I said made no fucking sense. I was like, oh my god, what is, what is this? Can I can I slip Keelan like a twenty and get him to edit that out and make me sound smarter? No, it's all right. You can always count on Joel to come in and just out dumbify you. It's fine. Joel's got your back. Well, we do have one more game. To, uh, to discuss. Well, look, Felix, we need to invoke the spirit of Felix, guys. Um, but before we called to the spirit of Felix, the, the ghost, <laughs> Joel's doing his best <laughs> Doctor Strange impersonation. Yeah, do, doing the hands. Pretty good. <laughs> but I brought um, something that I think will, will encourage his spirit to visit us. I have the ocarina. Oh. So I'm going to play a small song. <laughs> <laughs> I did this once years and years and years ago. I started a video game podcast. I can't even remember what it was called. We did like five episodes. And one of the episodes we talked about Zelda. And I had the sheet music for one of the songs and I played it. And it was bad. <laughs> Felix, this is for you. Well, that was the worst ocarina performance I've ever heard in my entire life. 
But I guess I'm desperate to talk about this game, so I guess I'm here. I need to talk to you all about Conscript, a survival horror game set in World War I in the trenches. It actually opens in the Battle of Verdun, which was a very tumultuous time in the conflict. You play as uh, a French soldier searching for your missing in action brother, and well, yeah, it doesn't go so well. That, that's, that's probably what I'll say. Um, it, it is fantastic. It, it has, it's dripping with atmosphere and it is oozing, just like oozing with, with style and flair. It gives me Resident Evil vibes. Um, it's got blood, it's got gore and actual genuine scares. I mean, like I played the demo and I actually jumped uh, several times. Uh, it, there's some actual genuine frights in this, in this game. It has a real awesome combat system, which is it, its biggest, you know, uh, pro, its biggest plus. It's both extremely slow, it's it's blood pumping as well, though. It, it's, it's very crunchy, it's very tense. Um, it's kind of like those old Resident Evil games where it's a bit unwieldy to shoot your gun, but that, that makes it so much more intense when you actually get into a conflict. You know, you, you feel like you're you get frightened and then you're holding up your rifle, but you have to, you have to, you know, fumble around with the reload and you have, to, you have, you've forgotten to reload. So you have to fumble around and you might get stabbed and, and then the guy comes up and whacks you over the head. It's terrifying. It is truly terrifying. I played it late at night, uh, which I highly recommend get cozy and play it yourself. It, it is just a demo right now, but once that full game comes out, you best believe I'm there. I'm there, especially if you like Resident Evil puzzles, you should be there too. And if you like that style of gameplay too, upgrading your weapons, strange uh, merchants that seem to just find their way around the map. Yeah, it really builds on its inspiration of Resident Evil, clearly. But it's doing new things for that genre. I guess you could call it like the Empire Strikes Back of video games, you know? Like if I was to compare it to that. I, I think that that's probably what I would go for. All right, guys, I'm done talking to you. I don't want to see your faces again or hear any of that god-awful ocarina. Keep on keeping on. Thank you for that, Felix. And I can't believe that you also compared Conscript to a Star Wars film. Oh, for fuck's sake. Who would have thought that would have become such a motif in this episode? Never expected oh. it, but here we are. Here we dear are. Listen, dear, dear podcast listener. Or, or, or YouTube watcher, um, through the power of editing, you've missed many a minute of us dunking on Joel. Joel, Joel, George Lucas <laughs> McDonald. I don't need to give anyone any more reasons to dunk on me. I got plenty of them, but still but yeah, I just you, keep... You gifted that one to us. Just and we do, handing we are them thankful. out. We are thankful for that, Joel. Just handing them out. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Oh. I've got the giggles. We're going to wrap it up now. I'm going to keep laughing at things. I apologize. Also, Joel, I'm, I'm making fun of, of the dumb thing you said to cover up the dumb thing I said. So. I'm, just here for, I'm just here for a good time. I'm just enjoying it. Karen, Karen just had a, a very articulate episode, hasn't he? I'll be the, I'll be the stool pigeon. Fuck. Hey, yo, we're just hanging here hey, with the boys. Hey. You looped it back around. Look beautiful. If you want to hear... More of whatever the fuck this this has been. <laughs> okay. We're on Spotify and iTunes and all other good podcasting platforms. Search for StoryMate AVD Game Podcast and search for dialogue options. In future, you better find them all in one place, but at the moment, 
we're still the fusion dance takes a moment okay we're still fusing together scorn style our bodies are just merging into the good news is when we do fuse it doesn't have a 30 minute timer so it's it's okay yeah i I, I hope (laughs) fingers crossed but you can follow all of us at at story mode AUS or at dialogue options. Um, that's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's your gram. We're everywhere, um, including Twitch, where some people have watched this live. And I hope you enjoyed the weird little um, edited out bits. <laughs> it's been a strange one. I also hope they enjoyed the extra dunks on Joel that the audio listeners Oh, that was dunks. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, Joel's so sad right now. <laughs> you can check it out Twitch, at twitch.tv forward slash storymode AUS. And as I mentioned at the jump, we now have a YouTube channel and we're really, really proud of the stuff we're putting out in there. Um, just search for Story Mode Gaming. Of course, there's links all over our socials as well if you can't find it. Um, we'll be putting up podcasts in future. We have our, our live show from Wrecked. Uh, we'll be doing you know weekly news updates in the future, reviews, gameplay, previews. We want to do a lot of stuff with a lot of these um, indie games that we've mentioned today. So if any of them have caught your attention, keep an eye on our YouTube and hopefully we can um, you know, get you real, real pumped up for these bad boys. Now, if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, I'm at Jesse Spanner. Kyron? Um, I am at LemonManX. Joel? I am at... Jolly Mac. Just look for uh, Carl Urban Chaos. Yes, Carl Urban Chaos. Exactly right. That's I want people to, to tweet at Joel what what Star Wars movie <laughs> would they compare this podcast to? If they were like, look at this podcast, oh. but what Star Wars movie is this like? Just let Joel know. Oh, God. that might be the fucking dumbest thing I've ever said on mm. on record. You know, sometimes you're a free thinker. You do you you do what you want to do. You can say you're a real rogue one, or one of the rebels. You would say, Kyle, we shouldn't piss him up too much. He'll go solo. <laughs> That's all the drugs I have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a lot of Star Wars well. media. Like we could we could keep going. Exactly. That's why. That's why it's the best um, review scale. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's so many degrees. You know when you see a game reviewed and it's like, oh, no, it's an eight. Oh, no, that's not good. An eight's a fantastic game. At least with Star Wars titles, there's so many degrees, okay? The real rise of Star Wars. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to end this now before Joel uh, kills us. Um, Guys, <laughs> thank you for listening. Joel, Karen, thanks for joining in. The ghost of Felix. Rest your soul, sweet prince. Up in Kingsland. <laughs> Up in Kingsland. <laughs> Hope you guys had fun. Hope you guys check out some of these games. Um, and we'll uh, catch you next time. Play some games. Be safe. Bye. Bye.